0: your life right now, Joel, is exactly where it is because of the choices you made in it, period. Nobody else's. And my life is where it's at, and everybody who's listening to this, your life is exactly where it's at, this point that you're sitting listening to this because of your choices, period. And I always get, well, Clay, you don't understand. I was like, I, you're right, I don't understand. Like, But I don't have to understand your story. You have to understand your story. And that's yours to choose. Because what you did with all of those moments is you made a choice and response to it. And and one of our men's groups, one of the guys said, E plus R equals O. And I'm like.
1: Hello, I am Joel Ingram, and this is Crisis to Crushing It podcast. Let's dive into this week's talk, and I'll help to increase perspective, expand perception, and allow you to change your reality. Enjoy the show. So today on the show, I have Clay Smelter. He's a man who owns himself his story and lives with purpose. This is a man, husband, father, teacher, baseball coach, author, speaker, and with his company purpose-infused coaching. Kay has lived a pretty normal life, nothing fancy and nothing too out of the ordinary. He followed what he is supposed to follow, did what he is supposed to do, but at the age of 35 sat on a couch next to his wife having a panic attack over a TV show. I'm looking forward to digging into this Clay. Mm -hmm. With everything going great around him, he still felt lost, floating, ashamed, and not what he expected to be in life at 35. There were two roads derived in the woods and he chose the one left to travel. Matt has made all the difference. Through purpose-infused coaching, Clay now helps men reveal their purpose and create clarity in all aspects of their lives so that they can step into their own story and step up to lead as a man and in their families, careers, and
0: communities. Clay, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Joe. I appreciate you being here, man. So I'm excited to, to to share, man. Just let let it rip, man. That's what it's about. <laughs> I love it. you. I love in you, Your passion, sir. Uh, even when we connected
1: before this call, it's uh, it certainly comes over. Oh, okay, Clay. That's... So um, oh. tell us what's going on in the world right now.
0: Oh man! Right now in the world, I mean, we're in this crazy time of uh, you know coronavirus. We're quarantined. Uh, I'm from the United States, so you know it's like you know we're we're kind of sheltered in place right now. We can go out and get groceries and stuff like that. But it's just really this crazy time, and it's it it really brings up a lot of stuff for people. And I think it, one of the greatest things that we have it's a moment in history that we have an amazing opportunity to to create and to create new. And I, I think a lot of people, I know in, in our area, like all the stores are sold out of toilet paper. I don't get that. I don't why toilet paper, but it's I guess people are going to take more shits now because, you know, stuff like that. I don't know. But when, when we look at it, all the stores and stuff is, is people have this, this negative mindset that it goes to this panic mode. But for me, where it used to be a panic mode before it would have been, is now is like this creation time it's a time in our history where we can really do things differently and i think as people as humans as men it's an awesome opportunity for us to be able to step into this story in history and really step up to to do things in our own lives to help us lead and i think a lot of that really comes back just to you if we every single person takes this time to really own ourselves the exponential growth that we will have all around us not only in ourselves but everyone around us is going to be incredible but i think it's really an awesome creative time so
1: so how did you how did you get to the point where you were able to see because because i I, we're exactly the same over here in the uk everyone's like banking up um, toilet rolls and stuff um how did you actually get to the point where you can look at something like this 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 type of and see opportunity
0: Yeah, if well for me, and going back to that story uh, of being thirty five and sitting on my couch, and it was actually a Game of Thrones episode that that totally jacked me up and sent me into this anxiety spiral. But when I look back at that, it was all of this worry and wonder and the unknown, and the unknown for me was something that threw my anxiety out of out of whack. And now, because I have clarity with who I am and my purpose, now I can actually, no matter what it's doing, if I'm at home, if I'm at school, if I'm at, it doesn't matter where I'm at. If I'm with my kids, if I'm with you, is my purpose is always coming through. So it's my guidepost, it's my lighthouse, it's my my light shining out that says, hey, how can we own ourselves, love our story and live with purpose today? And how can we help other people do that? If it's just my kids and my wife and my house today, or if it's you or if it's anybody else or, or a bunch of the different things that I do online with, with our men's groups and things like that and other people, it's how can I always take my day and move it towards my purpose? So really, in essence, when we have this situation that's at hand, it doesn't really matter if the situation is this or if it's something else. It's always the same. Wake up today, put my feet on the ground. And that's the line I cross. And my dad always taught me, when you cross that line, leave it all in the field. And I'm going to leave it all in the field today, no matter if I'm home, if I'm out, if I'm not. And that's just kind of my mentality that we go through and, and looking at it as an opportunity to re- we really talked about pause and reflect. Because I think that's like a lost, a lost thing that our society has done. We're go, 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 do, 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 accomplish, accomplish, accomplish. But we never take the time to pause and reflect. And this is a time that I think, though whatever your beliefs are out there or whatever your beliefs are, or my, my I believe, hey, this might be something from God that said, hey, dude, you all need to take a pause and, and start thinking about some stuff here. And whether you believe that or not, or whether you believe spiritually or not, you can believe whatever you want. That's just from my own personal perspective. I think it was maybe something that said, hey, it's time to wake up here, people. I, I'm I'm
1: definitely feeling that vibe. <laughs> no, it's 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 almost uncanny how the world can come to such a standstill, and then you got mm-hmm. you see, I, sort of touching on different stuff on on uh, social media. But I'm the same as you, I see the opportunity. Um, yeah, I I see an ability for us to connect more than we ever have, and um, and just being able to press you you nailed it when you said press pause. People don't press yeah. pose no more. You know, it's, it's, I, had, I had a friend say to me the other day and work that because we are, we're on furlough that she's uh, concerned that, you know, they're gonna be, we're locked down for like two months, potentially three on furlough. And then it's like, I'm gonna be climbing the walls. I said, what a fantastic opportunity to understand what truly makes you happy. Yes. You know, to really dig into yourself, who you are, what do you actually enjoy? And if you don't enjoy stuff that you're doing, what are you doing it for? Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: you know?
1: yeah. so, yeah, no. What, what
0: did they say to that? Um,
1: it, 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 do you know what? I think it went straight through the filter. Yeah. It didn't even. Yeah.
0: It didn't. It didn't. It didn't I don't think it registered. Um, yeah. And, and, and I think that's, that's the reason why I asked that is because it, I think that happens a lot is we are so ingrained to, hey, this is how it should be, or this is what we should do, or this and that, and blah, 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 is that our social media, our society has said, and I'm finding this, you know, talking with with you across the pond, you know, it's like it's it's all around the world, you know, talking with people over in, in Asia and the Philippines and stuff, like it's there too. Like it's it's the conversation I'm having with people all around the world is that it's go, 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 do, do, do. But what what's really for you? What's, what's, what are you about? So when I ask people, Hey, what's your purpose? And they are like, Oh shit, I don't know. Or like, who, who are you? Like, well, I'm a teacher. No, no, no. That's not who you, that's what you do. Who are you? Like, what are you about? And they're like, I don't know. I never took the time to actually do that. You know, we just talked with, uh, last week, um, we did a, an all in, um, purpose discussion so men and women because usually I work with men but really the conversations I'm having now are for anybody and so we had men and women's and the one the the lady who was on basically said you know what I I spent so much time giving and serving my kids and I never took time and this was like she has eight kids so it's like a lot of years you know it's like 20 years of her life I served for my kids and I gave all to my kids and I never gave anything to myself and it's like, yeah, think about that. If, if And I did the same thing. I served everybody else besides myself for 12 to 15 years until I'm sitting on my couch over here in a panic attack. And it's because I didn't serve me first. I didn't put me first. I put everybody else first. But that's what we were taught. Like, go do this, especially if you have kids. I mean, you, you have kids, It's like, I was told to put my kids first. Well, I can't. Like, it's like the oxygen mask. Like, it needs to go on you. If you ain't put an oxygen mask on you, dude, your kids are dying and so are you. It's like, it ain't going to help out. Like when you get you right and you truly own everything you got, you know your truth, you know your purpose, that exponentially grows to everybody around you because they're like, dude, you know you. And I'm like, my one buddy, the, the conversation we had last night, he teaches his kids, um, you be you. That's what he's taught since they were they were born to all three of his sons, him and his wife have taught this. and I asked his son because they were both sitting side by side on our zoom call last night. So I basically put Nick on the spot and was like, Nick, what do you think about your dad? How's it go? You know, in that, that concept, you be you. And the kid just owned himself. It did it like his dad was sitting there, but he's like, Hey, this is me. This is what I believe in. This is what I want. This is what I went after. My dad gave me some suggestions and stuff, but I chose me and I love and respect my dad. But at the same time, like this is my life and he's always taught me that I be me and, and that's what I chose to do. And he respects that and I respect that as well. I'm like, dude, I'm like, it was just, I'm like, you guys need to do something with this and like share that out because it was just this awesome way that this, I think, I think Nick is maybe 20, 19, 20, that this 20 year old is like, dude, this is who I am. I'm like, we need more people like that you know, especially our age, man. You know what I mean? There's too many adults. I'm 39 years old that are like, I don't know. You know what I mean? And we got, we got to get rid of that. That's a fantastic uh, conversation to be part of. Oh yeah. 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 It it was
1: cool. uh, Yeah. That's, and, and that's what I've been trying to put into my son to a degree but the balance I'm finding is between, you don't want to stifle their creative expression, or like my son is incredibly strong-willed, as is my daughter and my youngest. Yeah. And I don't want to crush that spirit. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, is the way that, that should I feel should be, when it comes out, it should be balanced with respect for the person they're delivering the message to. And, and that's the, what I'm currently navigating with my with my eldest son who's 15
0: so Mm -hmm. that's and that's a
1: that's work in progress
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's always a work in progress man and and that's that's the cool thing about parenting you know it's just like the other day you know i i got a little heat my button was pushed with a a topic and i want my kids to like really own them and really love who they are and then when i hear something that doesn't go that way i'm like i just kind of I didn't lose it, but I'm just, I got mad and walked upstairs and stuff like that. But I came down and apologized. I'm like, listen, I shouldn't act like that. Like, that's like, I want you to love you and find yourself beautiful and strong. And when I don't hear things like that, it gets me upset. I reacted in a totally different way that was wrong. So I'm like, I apologize. I apologize. I love you. But I I explain why I reacted the way I did but I took ownership of it. You know what I mean? Whereas before I just would have stayed, I just would have stayed mad and pissed and, and like, ah, whatever, <laughs> you know? And it's, and it's those things. It's, it's showing and being the example. It's not, it's it show them, not just say to them. Cause we have too many, too many parents doing say, say, say. And then you're like, you're doing the same sh- shit. Like you're just being a hypocrite. Like don't do this, but then you're doing the same shit that you're doing or you're saying be nice to people but you're not even being nice to like yourself like so come on i mean something you said earlier on um when you said about
1: putting your gas mask on first that's something i have to learn because because you when you said um that you know we, we we're serving others c- constantly and and if we ever talk to something we want is termed as selfish yeah and that's that's big in you know society and stuff so we don't want to be the selfish we want to be the one that's serving, and 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 here's the funny bit, Nick, because even though you you actually pursue or want that sense of fulfillment or fillingness of yourself, mm-hmm. when you're in that state, you can serve other people so much more and so much stronger, mm-hmm. you know. But for me, it started with my family because my relationships with my kids were on a skids, and I needed to change it because I could see it just going like this. Yeah. And for me, that that one piece of information was just a game changer. You know, the, the mm-hmm. ability to like go into the gym and not feel feeling guilty because then I'm mm-hmm. following through for myself to have the feel good enough about myself so that I can be more balanced when I'm in those situations where they're pressing my buttons. Yes. Rather than just be this angry, ranty dad <laughs> <Yeah>. just constantly <laughs> pissed off because I'm not I'm not looking after myself. My health is down a pan. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's your anxiety. You anxiety—you can't manage your emotions because you're not healthy enough or balanced enough to do so. Because of all
0: this pent-up rage
1: and aggression, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, you know? yeah. It's I, yeah, it's, I know, man. I, I've been, I've been in those shoes, man. It, and it's just like, God, dude. And then you 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 get mad, you storm off, and then you're like, what the hell? Like, what the hell is wrong with you, dude? And then 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 the negativity starts, like into yourself about, dude, I'm just a shitty person because like, I just yelled at my kids over something stupid, you know, and stuff like that. And then you kind of go down that rabbit hole of yourself, you know, self doubt, you know, self doubt, self worth, um, your uselessness, your value to yourself that just keeps going down because you're like, we're the hardest critics of ourselves because as men, we have this expectation that is like through the roof, you know what I mean? And it's like, we've set expectations for ourselves that we know we we're not we can't achieve. You know what I mean? It's unrealistic for us to be able to do that. And that's where I, I believe, and I forget the book, I think it's called the way of the seal, but whoever it was, I know, I know they talked about getting rid of expectation and just go with the experience. And that's something that has been very key for me, but you said too, and I want to go back to that is, is the selfish piece. Our society says, don't be selfish, which is absolutely incredibly stupid. Because, and I didn't get this because I was part of a business team before. And one of the guys always said, you have to be selfish in order to be selfless. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Selfless to be selfish. And I'm like, all right, well, sounds like a good phrase. Okay. You know, and I'm like, what does that mean? But as I went through my last spiral and this is four years, and I'm four years later now. When I look at it, I'm like, that's what it is, man. Like selfish. I have to be selfish enough to take time for me in order to be selfless because if I don't fully know me and I don't fully love me, how can I really love my kids the way they deserve to be loved or my wife, the way she deserves to be loved? How can I give to other people if I can't give to myself first? How can I serve other people in the best fashion if I can't serve myself first? And it all comes back to, I think this is a great time in history back to that question of what's going on now is that this is the time that, whatever your belief is. And I think, you know, Hey, God told you, like you need to take a pause brother and you need to make sure, you know, you like, this is the time to do it. You have the opportunity to do it, to know you, to get to know that person deeply, love that person. And then also expand that person out. And it doesn't have to be like, like I go on social media, I post, I have a business that works with people and stuff like it doesn't have to be that. Cause that's what a lot of people are like, like, Oh, well, I don't want to go do what you do. I, you don't have to, but dude, own your shit and make sure that your family's taken care of and your community, your career, whatever it is, those people around you that you're tightest with, make sure they know who you are. Like the true you. Not that fake dude that I was walking around saying, Oh yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, man. Everything's awesome. Where internally I'm sitting there going, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Absolutely. You just described them um, how to dig into into the the emotions that you earlier mentioned of being lost ashamed yeah. and floating Um I, I completely resonate with that because that's that was where I was again about four years ago but can you describe like how would you describe that to another person like how that might be showing up in their life
0: have you got any thoughts on uh, for for me it was just um, it, it shows up in many different ways for many different people you know for me it was all about being – I would get angry real quick. So, like, my button would be pushed really easily <laughs> at certain times. And it was more so at home. It wasn't It wasn't at school. Um, the anxiety would ramp up over dumb shit. Like, I mean, I, I, come on, it was a TV show. Like, it was Game of Thrones. Like, I mean, there's some, like, screwed up shit in that show if you've ever watched it. I mean, there's some I have- really messed up- – there's some really messed up stuff. And I'm like, but again, a TV show, something that's fake, that's not real, threw me into a whole spiral. And, and it's like, why? Because it's all those little different things that as I go through my day and I lay my head down and I'm like, all right, did I accomplish and know like today I left it all in the field? And I always knew the answer was no, because I didn't know what I was leaving on the field. If you're walking around and you're like, why am I really doing this? what What is this really for? Do I really like that? I mean, you're questioning all that pieces that come back to who you are, you know, and that's where it is 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 my career the right career for me? Well, that's a question of who you are, not a question of what you're doing. You know what I mean and that that's where all of these questions it all comes back to who you are. Am I raising my kids the right way? Well, go back to who you are. Does it stay in alignment with that? If it doesn't, then no, if it does, yes, but you first got to identify what it is. And if you don't know what those things are that you're about, how are you going to, how you going to raise kids around that, that premise? How are you going to have a career and, and fi- So whatever financially around that piece, how are you going to find fulfillment and joy? If I don't know what fulfills and, and, and brings me joy, we just haven't done the work. We were never taught that school taught us all this shit. Like, all these different things, you know, for the U.S., George Washington had wooden teeth. I don't, they probably don't teach that over, over in England, but like, who gives a shit if he had wooden teeth? Pretty cool. I mean, you made wooden teeth that look like teeth, but at the same time, like for what, why don't you teach me how to make sure like I can own myself? Why don't you teach me how to be, be independent? Why teach me those things? Cause those are the things that are really important. Work ethic, determination, all those different things, you know, and owning you, like we don't talk about that. Why? Because most people haven't done it. How are we going to teach something that most people haven't, that, that probably 90% of the world hasn't done yet? Oh. You know what I mean? I, I, I started So a,
1: a friend of mine, Andy Storch, um, had a guy on his show a while back uh, by the name of Gay Hendrix. Have you heard of Gay Hendricks? Um, I think they, I heard the name once. But his, his book is called Make the Leap. Oh, The Big Leap, rather. Okay. Uh, two two goldfish bowls, and there's a fish like pondering, jumping into the other one.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. I've seen that. Yes.
1: Yeah. So, and, he, and his first line, he, he actually takes you through it in the podcast, and he says, It's so simple to understand, like, I'll, I'll get an element of fulfillment. He said, But most people don't take me up on it because it's so simple. Mm-hmm. So and you're like, you Wait in there, bait it. <laughs> He said, oh, you're going to tell us what it is? He said, yeah. He said, just go upstairs for 10 minutes, sit in the room, and ask yourself, what do I enjoy? I Mm -hmm. thought, I haven't done it yet, right? I listened to it yesterday. (laughs) I said, I laid laid 10 minutes aside to do it, and I got distracted. I thought, I'm going to do that just to see what comes up. I know what I enjoy. I'm looking to eliminate what I don't enjoy. But I thought, how simple? I wonder how many people would actually take
0: that up, you know, just Mm -hmm. to understand themselves i that- would say 10%, 10 percent, yeah, 10 to 20 percent of people
1: yeah because the sure rest
0: I'm of them are yeah the rest of them say oh that's stupid that's hokey and that's what i used to do like meditation i used to say oh that's a hippy dippy shit like let's go hug a tree you know what i mean like but then also i'm sitting here and i'm like uh, having a panic attack i'm like all right something needs to change man i need to get rid of that that thought process that i have and I need to try new things. So meditation is something I do every morning and every night. And even sometimes during the day, you know, and, it, and it's deep breath work I also use. Why? Because it clears things out. It, it, it synchronizes me and it all comes back with purpose. I, I relate it to the word intention. And those two things are, are synonyms together. Is, is when I have purpose, I have intention for my day. So that meditation at the morning allows me to set intention for the day. Here's what I'm about. Here's where I'm going. And also gratitude to say, Hey, listen, man, whatever you are out there. And and again, my beliefs, and I think some of my stuff is is spiritual. So my belief is that there's something else out there. I don't go to church. I'm not like, I wouldn't say I'm religious, but I am spiritual. I believe there's a God. Um, I believe at the end of the day, you know, I'm going to end up meeting and being like, Hey, what's up? You know? And the the thing for me is before I get there when I, when I die I'll go through this light and there'll be a gate this is what I what I'm picturing I don't know if it'll happen but maybe I'll ride on a magical unicorn shit and rainbows you know or something like that but what but, but but I believe I will walk up to this gate and there's going to be a man standing outside and that man's going to be the version of me of who I was meant to be and when I meet that per, like I want to meet that person. And I said before, like, I want to shake his hand, but I don't like, I want to wrap my arms around him and be like, dude, I love you. And I want him to embrace me back and, and and give me a nice tight squeeze and be like, dude, I love you too. And thank you. Welcome home. You know? And, and for me, that's just that, that validation from the man I was meant to be to say, Hey, you did it. Like you did everything that you could and the time that you had, to be the man that you were meant to be and designed to be. And it just be like, dude, welcome home, man. You kicked ass, you know? And that's where it's like, if today's my last day, like I will to make sure I leave it on the field. Cause it might be shit. I don't know. I might have a walk up the stairs after we get done this. I might have a heart attack, you know, something like that. I don't know. But if today's my last day, I'm going to make sure it's a good day. And I'm going to make sure because it's all my choice, you know what I mean. And and I don't know where I went before that, but that's I kind of went off on that rant. No, <laughs> oh no, that so. was that's
1: quite profound. I've never I've never heard that, and that's I think that's what's been missing from day three of lockdowns for us. So we're we're trying to understand how everything fits together, family, homeschooling, and mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to grow my business and everything. And uh, I mean, the first thing we do in the morning is meditation. I mean the work. So that's the very first thing we get up, come downstairs, meditate. We try and do quiet ones, but now and again, there's one that we listen to with, and it talks about intention. And I and I think if getting clear on that, I think I felt more productive on the days I started with the intent of, you know, mm-hmm. of whatever the intent of the day was. So that's pretty cool. That's something I'm going to reincorporate. So thank you for that one. Yeah, uh, you're welcome. And the sec the second one that that that's deep, man. That that. Go into the future self to bring it into the daily context.
0: Yeah,
1: I like that because that, like you said, everything comes down to a choice. Um, yeah. Um, I spent so long in a state of victimhood, not realizing there was a choice there. Yeah. Um, and to think there's people out there like that, it kills me. So you know yeah. I mean? Did did just on rinse repeats every day,
0: with no awareness. hmm of, of an wow, opportunity. beautiful to choose, word, man. You know. Beautiful beautiful word. Yeah. And and that's, that's where it was like the awareness comes out. Once you, once you take the time to realize like, listen, your life right now, Joel is exactly where it is because of the choices you made in it, period. Nobody else's. And my life is where it's at. And everybody who's listening to this, your life is exactly where it's at this point that you're sitting, listening to this because of your choices, period. And I always get, well, Clay, you don't understand. I was like, you're right. I don't understand. Like, but I don't have to understand your story. You have to understand your story. And that's yours to choose. Because what you did with all of those moments is you made a choice and response to it. And, and one of our men's groups, one of the guys said, E plus R equals O. And I'm like, okay. I was like, all right, what's that? What's that? I, I'm a math guy. I teach, I teach seventh grade math. So I'm like, all right, let's go. What do we got? And he said, event plus the response equals the outcome. And I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, dude, that is good, man. I'm like, okay. And I started to realize that is the event that happens in your life. Let let's say uh, you know, something from my past is I I was taken I have two kids. I I've been married twice. No, sorry. I've been married three times. I've been divorced twice. I have two kids to my first my I have one kid to my first wife, one kid to my second wife, and now we're a blended family um, with my wife now. So, I have two women that took me for child support and none of my kids mattered. It didn't matter if I had another kid and was paying child support. They both were like, Hey, full child support for this." And I had my kids. So, you know, at this point in time, they were trying to come after me financially. They were trying to come after me custody wise. They were trying, like, they, they were just trying to like overburden me to where I would be like, I can't like, I had enough. I can't do this. I can't, but I'm, that's not me. they, like I'm a fighter, so it doesn't matter. It's, it's I'm going to fight. And, but like that circumstance, I had every right to be one of the pissed most pissed off dudes in the world because I was paying almost $2,000 worth of child support, which left me with $972 to live on a month. And it's like, I was full-time teaching. I was working two jobs. I had two kids on two different schedules. I was finishing my master's degree, my master's program for educational leadership. Like I was, I had like Wednesdays, Wednesday night was like a free time. That was it. You know, other than that, it was like, go survival mode. And it's like all of those things. I had a choice to respond in a way that I did. And the choice that I continued to make, which is super important to me is always stay respectful to myself is to be me. And I didn't go outside of those lines. So I just stayed true to me. And that's where it's like all these people say, well, you don't get it. You don't get, it. I'm like, no, I do get it. And I get it sometimes more than other people because like, listen, I was in the trenches, you know what I mean? And we we've all been in our own trenches, but it's like, you have to know that trench of yourself. You have to know your story. I don't have to know your story. You do. And then you have to step into that and be like, dude, I responded that way. Yeah, sure. Something happened to me, but it's the response that I got that I did that gave me the outcome that I wanted. The event plus the response gives you your outcome just like the situation we're in right now, it's an event in world history. We're going to respond to it some way. You're either going to respond to it by flipping out or you're going to respond to it and be like, dude, this is an opportunity to kick some ass. And then the outcome that you get out out of it is all your choice. Like whatever you want to get out of it, it's yours. You know, And, and that's where I don't, people don't realize that is that dude, it's, it's you. Like, and again, it all comes back to you. It's just you be you and what outcome do you want?
1: Yeah, that's, that's that's one of my favourite ones. I, I I love that. I try and live. If anything comes up for me that's going to challenge or force me into a reaction, I immediately default to that. That's in my head. It's it's like a, yeah. a trigger because I, I if I can feel the ire coming up and it's <laughs> starting to you know get a bit like the palpitations are coming on, you get a little bit freaked out, and then uh, I'll go to that and I think okay, and my first thought is. What what outcome do I want? What's the outcome I want? Like if my son's pressing my buttons one after the other, to maintain a level where I can just continue communicating in a a low, calm voice without escalating it. Mm -hmm. It's really tough on times, as most parents would probably know. But invariably maintaining that level gets me the outcome I want, which is him to listen or just not lose his shit and go nuts. (laughs) Because that can happen too, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's if anybody could take anything away from this podcast, it's that.
0: Oh, yeah. You
1: know, that's yeah, huge. that
0: was, yeah, that was incredible. When I heard it, I'm like, dude, I like that. And and then so, our goal for that week is to take one of the tools we were talking about and then utilize it. So, that whole next week, that's and now it's as you said it too, like that's what I revert to. So, if something's happening or whatever, okay, here's the event. All right, what's my response? All right, what's the outcome? Oh, okay. And the more that you do it and the more that you practice this tool, the more it it becomes quickly available to you so you can use it. Whereas at first, I'm like, no, wait, hold on a sec. I got to take like a minute here. Okay, let's go this direction. Whereas now I'm like, all right, let's go this direction. So it's that pause, a reflective pause, and it's a difference between emotionally reactive or thought reactive. That equation just allows you to be thought reactive instead of like emotionally reactive. And, and listen, I, it, usually it's worse with my kids just because I'm like, they're arguing, like this morning they were arguing and I'm like, dude, I just had enough of them. Like, stop it. I mean, stop Like it's five minutes. <laughs> so, yeah. But, and, and sometimes they need it. Like they need it. You know what I mean? It's just to be like, dude, shut up. <laughs> but then it's like, all right, now calm down. Now here's why, here's what we need to do. You know? So, but yeah. Yeah, that doesn't mean that they don't
1: they don't still get a bargain now and again. It just means, yeah. that, you know, like you say, sometimes they need it. I, my boy broke down the other day because I, I shouted. And my my oldest kid sort of looked at him a bit like, that's a bit weird. What's he crying for? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I, I haven't shouted. I used to shout a lot yeah. when they were, were kids because I'm not the person I am now. So for me to shout now is a bit of a bigger deal. Yeah. But when he broke down, I was I I come into the room and I, and I and I, I then explained it. Do you understand why, Daddy? I said I give you one chance. I give you two chances. And the third chance, I'm not going to do the same thing because the same thing's not working. So now I've got to do something different.
0: Correct. Yeah. You
1: know? and, it, and he's seven, but he he got it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my
0: my son's uh he'll be eight Saturday, so. He's right in that realm of like, oh, okay. I'm like, dude, I just told you, like, like I'm three. I'm a baseball guy, so three strikes and you're yeah. out, man. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I think that's more than fit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So definitely, but
1: cool. Okay, so let's go. Let's go. So you weren't always this way. Let's go back um, to maybe a time in school. Tell me what stories come to mind for you.
0: Uh, for me, in in school, it was like a. I was, I was that rambunctious kid that I think my mom always tells a story like you were, my third grade teacher said, your son is the only son that can balance his chair on one, on one leg without holding on to something. And I'm like, well, that's true. I also was the one who who got in her cabinet and found her paddle as well. That I shouldn't have been snooping around in her, in her drawers. (laughs) So uh, that wasn't a good day for me at home when I got home. But uh, yeah, I was just a Rambronchus kid, man. I, you know what I mean? Like put me inside and and tell me I have to sit here and I'm like, it ain't going to happen. It's still that way, you know? And but you know, my son's exactly the same way. You know, he's that—that's exactly what his teachers say when we go to parent conference. You know, he's a little. I'm like, yeah, I get it, I get it. He's good, he's good. But like, I was just an active kid. I also went through and and lots of times I didn't want to be called on to read and stuff like that. Reading was really hard, and I had no idea until I went to like the eye doctor, and I'm reading stuff backwards, and he's like, we did a couple other things and stuff like that, and. I have a dyslexia and I flip beginning sounds of stuff. So as I'm trying to read and see, like I read stuff, but I read half of what everybody else read. It was like, you know, the cats at the store and then they're going to the baseball field. And then they, I'm like, what the hell? And then other people in class would be like, this is what's going on. I'm like, I was like, what the hell are you reading? And I'm like, that's not what I read, but it's like, so seventh and eighth grade were, were really tough reading just because I was like, I, I, you're at that age, hormonal age. And I was like, dude, I got really good at sleeping while I was supposed to be reading or like they're saying, Hey, you know, read this book. And I'm like, where's the cliff notes, baby. Let's go. Let's have, you know, so, and that's still kind of when I went to college, that's what I did too. Like we had to, uh, of course you had to read 12 children's novels. I read one and the other ones I just did a whole bunch of summaries on the internet and stuff like that. And then wrote my papers and Hey, I got a hundred out of a hundred on all of them. So it worked out, <laughs> but it's like, you know, for me, education up until 12th grade, um, I wasn't that excited about it. I still, I don't, I don't want to go to school now. Like I'm a teacher, but I don't want to go sit in a classroom. Like, let me go do my thing. Let me explore. Let me, let me learn. And that's kind of how it was. So, I really got a wake-up call. My first opportunity to to be recruited um, as a baseball player, because the coach. Um, this was summer after my freshman year. I went to a, a workout or showcase down in um, College of William and Mary in Virginia, and the college coach afterwards comes up and said, "Hey, I like what you did." And you say, "What's your grades?" And as a stupid freshman, I went and immature. I went, "What's it matter?" And cause I thought talent was everything. And the coach goes, cause what you do on the, in the classroom is what you will eventually do on my field. And if it sucks in a classroom, it's going to suck on my field. And I don't want you. And I went, Oh shit. I was like, okay, well I'll make it better. And then <laughs> it's not that it was bad, but it wasn't my best effort. You know, it, it was, it was like Bs, you know, Bs and some, a C here and there, but it wasn't my best effort. And I was like, Oh shit. Okay. Well, they're going to look at my grades first. So I, I I eventually I did the work too. It was all A's and B's and stuff. And you know I wasn't like the top of my class in high school. We had about let's say three three fifty graduate from our high school. I was probably like in the close to one seventy five two hundred range, something in there. When you talk about like placement and stuff, so it wasn't anything like spectacular. I wasn't going to knock your socks off with my intelligence then, but. I think a lot of that had to do because people were telling me what to do. And I'm like, I don't like being told what to do. (laughs) So I'm like, "Ah, whatever. And, but when I got to college, it was a different deal because they didn't care whether I showed up or not. Like it was all on me. And that's the point in time, my college career is when I took ownership of my education fully. Um, And then I graduated college, my bachelor's and master's 3.98 and above. So almost, almost, 4 0, but that was all on me. So it wasn't somebody telling me I had to do this because they didn't care. I was still paying them. Like it was my money, you know. And it's like that's where the responsibility came in to say, hey, like this is yours. And that's where ownership comes back to. And it comes back to me. Like I owned me at that point in time. Whereas in high school, I don't really own, I owned me on the field because I do everything more than anybody else on the baseball field. But when it came to the classroom, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And it'll do I'll do it do it somewhat well, but I won't do it to the best of my ability.
1: No. Yeah. It's uh y- you just you're almost describing my son to a degree. <laughs> so, so uh I'm I'm and I'm super curious as to what he's gonna do nine months. I've already said you, you're gonna be looking for the job, mate. Like when when I was I ate 16, this Is will tell you a little story. I ate yeah. 16 and I come down in the morning, I finished all my exams, all done. My dad was up, he's always up early, like at was five, in the shower, uh, shower, uh, shave, shirt on, tie on, jacket on, like downstairs at past six, food ready to leave the house at seven. So I sort of come down at past six, poured myself a cup of tea, cup of biscuits, went and sat in the room, put the telly on. <laughs> I'm sat there. And he's sort of in and out, doing his thing. And before he leaves, he said, uh, exam's all finished? I said, yep, all done. Just got to wait for the results now. He said, here's pound twenty. Get yourself down to newsagents. Get yourself three papers. And I want you to have at least four jobs applied for by the time I get in. I was like, oh, shit. And he didn't, it was no discussion. <laughs> you, you didn't discuss stuff with my dad. He was like, you just didn't do yeah. that. So I was like, right, I'm going to the newsagents then. So, so I've sort of, <laughs> told my kids this story, you know. And uh, that my dad can't remember him. He can't remember doing that. But it, so he was that the wake up of there's no, you know, there's no, there's no free ride here. You you've got to got to step up. You either get a job or find another way.
0: Yeah. so Yeah.
1: It's it's funny how that type of thing can change when you suddenly realise it's all on you.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like said, and and, and that's. Yeah. And that's one thing, like with my parents, like they weren't giving me stuff, you know, and, and that's one thing I think too, is hard about a parent is sometimes, you know, as a parent, we need to be the lighthouse and not the tugboat and the tugboat goes out and saves and saves and do and does for all their kids and keeps them. But you got to be the lighthouse and that lighthouse, sometimes as you're shining your light, sometimes you're going to have to watch kids run into the rocks. And like, I, my parents watched me run into the rocks a whole bunch of times, but they stayed firm to shining their light. And, and, and I could always use that light. It's just times I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do my thing. And then I'm like, shit, I should have listened to mom and dad, (laughs) you know, but it's, you're right. It comes to that point where it's like you got to take extreme ownership of yourself. And, and I'll put that plug out there is that's a book by Jocko Willings is extreme ownership, amazing book, but you got to take it. And there's a point in time in your life where that's it and and luckily i was able to do it a lot younger than i mean some people like i graduated with dude there's there's they're still not taking ownership you know what i mean and it's like we got a bunch of adult boys running around acting like adult boys and i'm like dude come on like wake up guys like come on what are you doing
1: uh, i've never i've never read the book but it's um I've listened to a couple of his podcasts. And for, and for me, what I'd be right in saying that, that the basis of it is everything is your fault.
0: Yeah.
1: Everything. Yeah. And, everything. and isn't it remarkably freeing to understand that? And then, yeah. only, you know? Yeah. I've got so many friends that, I, that I've i tried to, this is the other thing with this type of work when you're coaching other people, is sometimes you, want, you can see people suffering and you want to help. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think the hardest thing for me is stepping back and, and realizing they don't always want help. It kills me to see my friends suffering and I can see their struggle and their suffering. But the hardest thing for me sometimes is letting them suffer because they don't actually yeah. want that help yet. They, they're not in enough pain to change.
0: Yeah. Have you come across and, and, that? And coaching? Absolutely. All the time. It, 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 my coaching, my life, my teaching. Um, all the time. And it's the difference between being a tugboat and a lighthouse. See, the tugboat would go out. The tugboat would, would would continue to keep going. And as a as a teacher, we were taught to do that. Go save, go save, go save, go save. But what do I end up doing? Wearing the hell out of myself. And a tugboat, that's what it does. It keeps going out and going out, but it's got to replace parts every single day. But if I'm the if I'm the lighthouse and I stay in one position firmly and I shine my light out, that means I I don't, I'm, I'm not wearing myself out. All I got to do is make sure that light's shining. And, but I got to know what that light is for me. That light is, is out of love, but it's owning yourself, loving your story and living with purpose. And that's when I shine. And the hardest thing is, is just like I'll I'll relate it to like my kids is to see them fall, is to see them hurt, is to see them struggle. Cause we want to jump in there. Like my, my daughter, my, our middle daughter is, is not good at math and that's okay she can do it, but she's got to work really hard at it. So to see her struggle and cry, I want to step in there, especially as a teacher. I was taught like if, if you throw a whole bunch of change out on the table and say, Hey, pick a dollar 87 out. She's probably going to get frustrated real quick. And then the tears are going to try to come, you know, and stuff like that, which that process for teachers has worked. And the teacher has stepped in and be like, well, take these over here and let's just use these. But instead of doing that, what we should be doing is being the lighthouse and say, Hey, Callie, I know this is difficult for you and that's okay. I have to work a little harder, but what would you, what, what's your first step? What would you do? But what we do is we be the tugboat and we'll pull out a quarter and be like, Hey, what's this big one represent, which I'm doing part of the work for her. her. So think about it that way. It's like if I go help these people that are struggling, that don't want, if I go help, you're helping them be more helpless. Like you're enabling them to be exactly the same way. So you're really putting a curse on them and saying, Hey, I'm going to curse you with being exactly the same or staying the same or getting worse because then they pick up the, the habits of, Hey, you're just going to do it for me. So if I complain or bitch or piss and moan or lay down and fall on the ground and act like, you know, I can't do anything. Somebody's going to do it for me. And it's like, No, 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 no. As a tugboat, the tugboat went out to save the ships, but did the work for the ships. So the ship didn't learn anything. The ship didn't own itself. The ship didn't figure out how to navigate into the harbor safely. The tugboat did it for them, not the ship. The lighthouse will help you safely get into harbor, but you're going to have to do the work for it. We're going to be the guiding light, but you still got to do the work. And that's where, for me that picture of being the lighthouse, I'm always thinking about it. It's always revolving. It's like the E plus R equals O. It's always there. So if I'm in my classroom and a student's like, Hey, I really just don't get this. I'm sitting there. All right, well, what would you do? You're like, Why don't you just tell me what to do? I'm like, because that hasn't worked for a long time. Like what would you do for this? You have to think through this. This isn't my problem. This is your problem that you have to solve. So what would you do? And then we worked through that process and we're like, all right, all right. I was like, you know it much better now, don't you? Because if I would have went and done it for them, which I, that's what I did for 15 years of my career is they still didn't know it because they relied on me. So they're looking at me to say, Hey, is it looking for validation from me to say, Hey, did I do this right? No, 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 no. You know, you did it right for you. And again, it comes back to that concept of owning you. Yeah.
1: Nice man. Nice. Okay. So recalling how you were, when you were younger, what lessons do you think took you longest to learn?
0: Oh, no, my shit. And stop lying to myself. That was, that was it. You know, cause, cause we, especially men, we got pride and ego and having pride and ego are good in a balance, but when they go above and we're taught that we're, we're bigger, better, faster, all that kind of stuff, you know, be bigger and better than the man next to you. Cool. What? What? What does that really serve? Can't? Can't you be big and badass together? <laughs> like that's better, you know. But we were told all this, and for me, it was just lying to myself. Like, not the big thing, but the little things. Just saying I'm okay. Like I'd walk into the schools, and people were like, "How's it going?" I'm like, "Dude, I'm good. I'm good. I'm awesome." But internally, I'm not awesome. Like I'm not doing okay. And I put this. I, I wanted people to see a different version of who I was, who I actually was feeling inside. And so when we try to keep that facade up and keep it going, that's why men have breakdowns. That's why women have, we have these breakdowns, you know, 35 years old, called a midlife crisis. That's what it was, you know what I mean? Because I was trying to keep this facade up that wasn't serving me. It wasn't who I was. And that was probably the longest lesson I wish. That's why now, like for me, I want young kids, my kids, students. I teach, I teach 11, 12, 13 year olds. Like, I want them to own themselves, like, in my classroom. Because if I could teach them, like, I teach math, but whatever. Like, add subtract, multiply, divide. Just know that shit. But, like, on top of that, like, I want you to own you. I want you to be the best version of you. I want to know who that is. Like, I want you to own that, and I want to be you. Who cares about everybody else? You need to own you and be you for you, truly, and know who that is. If I can do that at the end of the school year and give them a better opportunity to go out and be that person, I did my job. Oh, they, they learned a little bit of math in there. <laughs> and some of the shit they learned in math, they're never going to use, so whatever.
1: But I think that's, you know, it's, it's, you're in a prime position there to pass on these essential skills. because I 100% agree with you. I I've, Only, I say, three to four years ago, where I fully become aware of where I was and realizing that I had a choice, I become super frustrated for a while that I wasn't equipped with these skills earlier. You know, it's just yeah. they weren't there. I mean, my, yeah. my dad is old school, so most of the lessons are there around suck it up and get on with it, mm-hmm. you know, which is just further, yeah. <laughs> further reinforcing the societal beliefs around being a man. Uh, yeah, which therefore means you're not allowed to have emotions, which therefore means yeah. you are got to chew them down and make yourself ill. Yep. You know?
0: um, and at the and you and I both know from talking with you before, it don't work out too well. <laughs> that doesn't work. It doesn't work so. so And that's that's the thing when you when you talk about emotions, men don't want to show it. We've been we've been taught that all that kind of stuff, and that comes back from I mean thousands of years. Think about who we were. We were the guys that went out and killed shit. You know, we had to go kill things and come back and feed our families. We had to if somebody stepped on our land or whatever it was, and they wanted to harm us, we had to take care of that business. You know, so we were the big badasses that that were the muscle to say, hey, let's get some shit done. And we didn't have that. So on an external world, we had to be this hard person on the external world now what I do like in history and stuff like that is that when you came home and I think this is where the men and female roles came into play is that the men were that hard exterior on the outside but when you stepped inside of your home the women were the soft and they came <clears throat> and you you came into them and they were that comfort zone for men because there there are a lot of times in, in history and I mean you have the history of England and everything like that and all that all, all of Europe history it is there was a lot of bad shit that happened you know what I mean? So you had to be like a really bad hard ass, you know what I mean? And like you had to do shit that you didn't really want to do and and not really who you were. And sometimes that meant you had to, you know, death for somebody else. And that's not necessarily person who you are, but you had to come home and be able to release all of that. And in our DNA and our biology, men still think that way. We just don't live in that world anymore. So we're still operating in that means, but that's, that's this time, I think, especially now all around the world, we can make that transition out of it because we haven't yet. I don't think we, we haven't met, transitioned out of that bigger, better fit, like men provide, protect. I got to be the enforcer, that kind of stuff. That's not who we have to be. You know, we can be emotional. I think it's, it takes a stronger person to show emotion than it does a, a person who won't because you're just afraid of it and that's where it comes from. It's fear. I mean, and I know that from personal experience cause I didn't want to be the person to cry, but I'd sit there in sappy movies and try to hold it back and be like, Oh yeah, it's not that bad. But yet at the same time, I'm like, dude, I just want to like, I just want to let it out. I'm like, so like now, like I'll cry before any of my kids and my wife cries, like sappy movies and stuff like that. Like the, the, um, like I'm a hopeless romantic, so like I don't mind a minute. Like The Bachelor, I cry. I love watching that show, you know, because it's about love, and all that kind of stuff. Like,
1: I'll tear up. That's it, you know. It's all, it's all good. As so you said, man, friends, to be able to show it. Um, yeah, I like, I like what you said uh, in the the form you Is you phrased it wonderfully. So uh, the lesson that took me longest to learn were only myself, my truth, and knowing my purpose here in this world. I thought that's very succinctly put, and I, and I, I do, I, I really resonate. So what was the, how did you uncover the first
0: step to that? The, well, <clears throat> I think people change when it gets bad enough, you have to do something. Or there's that prize, like there's that princess that's out in the front that makes you do something. It's, I think those are the two reasons why people are like, dude, all right, it's time to change. And it, it, my second spiral with the, with the TV show and 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 going through that was it because I'm like, dude, this is not what my life was supposed to be. So that got me to move because that's that's the whole thing too. Is everybody wants to be, oh, well, I want I want to be motivated to do something. Do motivation comes when you actually take action. If you want to be motiv- take action, or you want motivation before you take action, you ain't gonna do shit. Like you ain't gonna get it done. So you have to take action, and then you get motivated by that action. And it's like, for me, that was the call to action was that point in my life going everything is awesome around me and i lived in chaos before that for so many years that i really didn't know how to operate in normal like good i didn't know how to operate in it so i think that's what was throwing me off but that gave me the call to action but then the action after that was taking care of what i call the shadow is all those things we we put back in our minds you know, I've been a person of growth my whole life is, is always how do I get better today? As I, how, how can I be better today than I was yesterday? Always been there. But the problem is, is I didn't want to do it with the stuff I didn't want to deal with. Like I didn't want to accept my anxiety. I didn't want to say, hey, yes, I have this. I didn't want to talk to people about it. Um, I talked to my wife and that was pretty much it. Um, I didn't want to learn about it because it scared the shit out of me. I didn't want to deal with my anger. And, and, and it takes a lot to push my button. But when it's pushed, I go from zero to 4,000. Like I go from, from, from nice person to dragon breathing fire, you know, like, so I didn't want to deal with that. I didn't want to deal with some of the things that, you know, happened in my past that still resonated with me that at that time, you know, so I didn't want to deal with these things. And the first step was to jump and step into all of those. And that, that's really, um, I got it back there. The dark side of the light chasers by Debbie Ford really helped me do that. Um, and it was a book about shadow and and doing shadow work and stuff like that. Really dealing with the stuff that you don't want to deal with because I have, we all have this devil and angel on us. You know, for me, it's called best self, worst self. And my best self is like Leonidas, you know, kicking somebody in the well, you know, and drop kicking. That's like that bad ass dude. And I call it, and I call it bad ass beast. Like, that's my dude right there. Bad ass beast right next to me. Boom. Like, you know, like shields up, ready to go. Let's kick some people in a well. You know, that's 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 what's up. But my worst self is wimpy wuss. And this is this fragile little balled up, wrinkled up person crawled in a ball. And they're always over here with me. You know what I mean? My bad ass beast is always on my right. Wimpy wuss is always on my left, no matter what I do. But I have a choice of which one to be. And what I was choosing a lot of times is to be wimpy wuss because that wasn't really, that wasn't serving me. Sorry, my, you can probably hear my dog barking. What is, <laughs> Somebody's at the door. <laughs> um, but that's who I was choosing to be instead of being badass beast. But I also didn't have it clarified what made me bad badass beast and what made me wimpy wuss. And those are the things there is that was the first step is to clarify to to, well, sorry, the first step was to To step into all of those things, the second step was to clarify who I was. Once I did that, then I had this infusion of my purpose into those different parts of my life. Like I got excited as a teacher. So for I was excited like my first four years, and I realized teaching wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. So then from four to like year fifteen, so it's like what eleven years there. I'm sitting there going, "What the fuck am I doing?" I'm like this is a lot of hard work. And, and I remember telling my principal, I'm like, dude, I'm going to go work down to convenience store and get paid more and deal with this shit. And he's like, ha ha ha, ha. I'm like, no, I'm dead serious, man. I'll go work at that shit. And he's like, Oh, I think you're real. I'm like, yeah, I'm real, man. Like I'm for real. Like if this happens again next year, I ain't coming back. Like, I'll just be like, peace out. And, but because I didn't know why I was there. Once I knew why I was there, now I'm excited. Like I'm even excited here. Like we we got, online learning and stuff like that going on. But I'm excited because I get to pour in the students. I get to pour into the youth to own themselves, love their story and live with purpose and then teach them a little bit of math along the way. Cool, man.
1: Cool. So, okay. So let's, let's go on from there. Uh, we'll touch on the Leonidas thing a little bit later on as well. Um, <laughs> fast forward a few years to a time of great change in your life.
0: What stories and emotions is that about for you? Um, the change, and it kind of goes back to that TV show, was, was Shame. And I think that's, especially for men, that holds a lot of men back is shame. Um, and it could be for whatever. Um, but the shame is, is basically we feel like that judgment is going to be passed on from somebody else. We don't want them to see it. And that's really what it is. That's why we hide shit uh, in shame. That's why I held my anxiety because if, I, if people knew that I had anxiety, they would think less of me. The problem is they, they, were, they supported me. I told my wife and she's like, I, I, don't, I don't know how to help but I'm here for you. And I'm like, really? I'm like, shit. I thought you were going to be like, dude, you're a pussy. You know what I mean? Like I thought that's what she was going to say. And I'm like, cause she's, she's a badass herself. And I'm like, um, okay. Like, all right. And then once I started doing, I mean, she was the first person I really told about that I had anxiety and that was 12 years of my life that I didn't. And my other two wives, I, it's somewhat, but not really, um, but she's the first person I laid it all out there and, and she supported it. I'm like, shit. Okay. Well, this, she's like, you know, it doesn't make me less of a man, but that's where it went to. And that's where shame. Cause I didn't want other people to see it. You know, I didn't want other people to, to pass judgment on me, but the problem was it wasn't them passing judgment on me. It was me passing judgment on myself. And that's what held me back for a long time. So I think that right there, that feeling of shame is, is what i really had to step into so i could step up to lead my life and until i did that it wasn't going to happen
1: yeah so just curious now so from the college where you said you you owned your education to the point of having the anxiety attack on the settee there's obviously some stuff has gone on there what what was what, what was there that wasn't there before because you, you owned your education and then all of a sudden you find yourself mm-hmm.
0: watching GOT. You know what i mean and <laughs> so what's what, you know what's great, it what, it what, yeah it, it i i own certain parts of my life and i think that's what we all do you know we own our careers we own our our marriage we own our this and that you know we own um I owned being a baseball player because for, for me, my goal was to chase the major leagues. Uh, and that's who I was. You know, I was Clay Smelser chasing the major leagues once that ended because of injury injury took me, I broke my thumb in three places. So obviously as a, as a catcher, I, I can't catch a baseball anymore. So we're swinging a bat. Once that ended, I didn't know who I was anymore, but I did own my education. So I was owning my, I was owning parts education was one of the parts I took the ownership of how I was as a player and I put that into my education then but I didn't put it into other pieces I didn't really know who I was until I was 36 years old so what was the gap was knowing exactly who I was that was the miss I could own different pieces I think we all do we own different different parts of our lives but when you truly know exactly who you are and what your purpose is now, not only own, I can own every part of my life, but I can also go out and kick ass in it too. Not just kind of float through like I was.
1: Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Okay. Well, you already touched on this one. So if, if life was to be happening for you, not to you, what lesson were you gifted? Uh,
0: every one. <laughs> everyone i love everyone. that response. And, life itself and I, yeah life it's and 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 the reason that when i when i was when you asked me that I, it took me a little bit to think about that because i'm like man there are so many but it's it's really everyone and i didn't get that before like so so four years ago I i didn't understand that concept i'd be like well this and that but at the same time, it's everything. Everything from the smallest little thing to the largest lesson I've learned. It's all of them because everything in my life was an opportunity for me to be the, the, the real me. And every oppor- everything that happened, event happened in my life is, is – and who I am now is a direct result of my response. So go back to E plus R equals O. The outcome I am right now is because of responses that I've always had. But being able to get clear with why I make that response gives me a clearer outcome and closer to that man standing outside that gate of who I should really be of the, of the man I was meant to be. It gives me closer to that man. And every day, my goal is just to get closer to that man. If, will I ever know exactly if if I, if I reach that, not until I meet him, but I'm damn sure going to give it my all every day. And, And that's where it's like, that's where that everyday instance comes into play is is just like today. What can I learn from today to be better? Because I'm gonna learn lessons today. Is I just am now open to it, whereas before I wasn't aware. I wasn't open or aware to it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Nice, nice, uh nicely put. It's it's an interesting question because it's, it's quite telling straight away when people respond with that. Yeah. So Oh yeah,
0: yeah. It, it totally made me, I'm, I'm like, oh man, because it's everything. Everything. Like I just, I can't get, like there's literally millions of lessons. So. Okay. So I want to touch on the next bit. Uh, how do you
1: deal with and view obstacles in life?
0: Uh, I, I do it like ba- the badass beasts right here are going to Leonidas kick it right in a freaking, right in a chest, right down the well. That's how we do it. Like I like to view that. You know, sometimes it doesn't happen, but uh, I like to view it. I, I go in with that mentality of what's my best self, you know, and, and then coming back to the E plus the, uh, or sorry, yeah, E plus the R equals O is looking at that event or that obstacle. What response do I want to give to it? And, and what do, outcome do I want in the end? Because when it really comes down to it, no matter what the circumstances is or obstacle or adversity that we go through, you got to be true to you. And when you say true to you, that means the outcome will always be what it should be the right. It'll be the right outcome. Um, you might not know it. Then you might be like, dude, this sucks, but it's going to be the right outcome in, in the end. And, and, and I go back to when I went through all the struggles with financial and custody and all that kind of stuff is I stayed true to who I was. I didn't, I didn't veer from that. And at the point in time, I couldn't see it, but I knew it was going to come. If I say true to myself, and true to who I was in the end, I know it's going to be there because it, really in the end, it comes back to that man. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap my arms around like that's the dude in the end. I I, I got to be good with That's it. You know, it doesn't matter about it. Like I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my parents, but in the end, it's not them. It's me. You know? how
1: do you how do you get to the point where you can show calm? Uh, i mean take it for granted now you're going to implement that e plus i equals o and you're going to know the outcome you want but sometimes there's a very fine line between that r being a response or a reaction how do you yeah. how do you put yourself in a space where you can
0: approach that with calm what have you, what, what
1: little mechanism or
0: what do you do I think the more times you put yourself in the spaces, the more times that you can react calmly. I had to purposely do it like when, when just like the, the calmness I have like with situations or people and, and that the the biggest one that gives us a reaction is when people say stuff about us, like if somebody would be like, God, oh, Joel's this and like, you know, online or something like that posted. I'm like, oh, you know, for me, I'm just like, all right, cool. Like, I know who I am, so I'm good with it. Like, I live to me. And for me, just practicing at over, like, I mean, a lot. Like, you got to put yourself into a situation, like, that puts you into where you have to, you know you're going to have a reaction. You know that usually I would do this. I would, like, blow off. i tell people, like, I was, it really, it points out I was an asshole. Because I just said whatever I felt like saying. And, like, I'll tell you what, how it is. And it's like, well, what did that get me? just pissed off like they didn't care ultimately they're like whatever you're just a dick and i'm like okay i can't disagree with you on that but it's like nothing happened i didn't get any outcome like i didn't feel better i was even more pissed off because there was no response and nothing happened that i wanted but so when i put myself in positions to have to utilize the reaction that i want it, or th- that not the reaction but the 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 response that I want then that makes me build those calmness muscles so in a time that we're in now like I have a calmness to this world epidemic rather than a reaction to it and, and because I've put myself enough times into those spaces to be calm now are there fears yeah um is it scary? Yeah. Does it want my anxiety to to pop to the? Does does my anxiety want to jump to the front? And say, hey, look at me, look at me. Yeah, yeah. And there's some times where it did, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's calm this horse down, there, brother. And it's like, but I was able to do that because I was able to step into it instead of step away from it. And I always use those phrase, man. There's you can step into your story, you can step away from it. And stepping away from it means I don't want to deal with it, but stepping into it means I have to deal with it. And that causes you to take action. It's just what action are you going to do? And sometimes your action's good and sometimes you're like, shit, I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) But it's all a reaction and a learning process to it. So I I, I believe the more times you put yourself, it's like gratitude. Gratitude, you have to do it daily. It's a practice. You can't just wake up and be like, yeah, I'm grateful. Like, no, you got to practice it every day. Cause there's days where you're like, dude, this fucking sucks. What am I grateful for? I don't know. But then you come up with like, dude, I'm just grateful. That I got a shirt, you know what I mean? Or I'm just grateful for the sun that came up today. You know, I'm just grateful. And, and a lot of times for me that turned into, dude, I'm just grateful. I got another day. Like people are like, how's it going today? I'm like, dude, I fucking woke up. It's great. And they're like, what? I'm like, they're like, it's morbid. I'm like, dude, it ain't morbid, man. I might not have woken up. Like I mean, I wouldn't have known it, which would be good. But like, I like I do. I woke up, I got an opportunity, and it's my choice what I do with the day. So, like, I'm a I'm a big I'm big into my
1: uh, my gratitudes, and I find myself saying I'm more and more like a new day.
0: I I am grateful for a new day. Yeah, dude, it's it's awesome, man. Just because we we wake up, we hit the floor running at a million miles per minute. That's everybody, and, and especially men, because we get into that, oh, i got to do, i got to provide, protect. And it's like, dude, just calm down. Like, like, calm down for that second. Take a pause and just be grateful that you woke up, you know, and be like, dude, yeah, I got it today. Like, nice. Like, let's do it. All right. And then collect yourself and then go out with intention for the day. Yeah. Nice, man. Nice. Okay. Um, can you tell me a story about something that has amazed you? Um, for me, uh, what has amazed me lately like i I had no idea when I went through what I went through and and found my purpose that I would be coaching other men um running men 's group had no idea, but I found that the more I reached out and expanded myself, the more men reached out to me and one of the things that amazes me, and this is like my favorite week, when I work one-on-one with guys, we go through a process to really break down um, a lot of who they are, and then it gets to the point where we define your purpose. My like the, my most favorite week, and what amazes me every single time, doesn't matter who it is, or, or what level, socioeconomic, what religion, what race, it doesn't matter where you live, is that week after they initially define. So we do a, a, Zoom, a Zoom meeting session, a coaching session every week at the same time. So we'll define it week, let's say week five. So week six, when we have our coaching session, dude, that is my favorite session because the stories that we get from somebody who for the first time in their life walked through it knowing exactly who they were is incredible. Like that just amazes me. And one of the guys is, I work with my, one of the guys, actually the first guys I work with, he, that meeting, he, he, we were, he was sitting outside at his house and we were on Zoom like we are here. And, and he's like, Clay, you know what? This is the first time that, and I don't know how many years, probably 20 some years that I've actually sat here and heard the birds chirp. See, I have not heard birds chirping for, I don't know how long, and I'm just going to sit here. And I'm just going to take it in because you know what, this is, this I can, and this is what's fulfilling me right now. He's like, and I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't know really who I was. So just those stories there, it amazes me every single time there's something new. Like each guy, I'm like, dude, I just sit here. Like he gets teary eyed. I get teary eyed. I'm like, Oh my God, dude. Like isn't it beautiful that you know exactly what you were doing all this week? And it's like, they're like, dude, yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's what amazes me. And it usually ends up in a lot of tears, which is great because it's that fulfilling piece to say, Oh my God, like up to this point in my life, I didn't know exactly why I was here, but I lived a whole week knowing. And I'm like, Oh, so for me, it it's just amazing. The transformation that guys goes through and, and the emotion that comes behind it because for me, that's all I want. That's that's all I want to do. It, that's why I'm here. And and for them to feel that, and then for it just, dude, it fills my, it fills me up like nobody's business, man. So, okay, so um, Can you
1: tell me, uh, looking into the future, what would be the craziest and most exciting
0: thing for you to be experiencing? Oh man, I actually forgot what I. Uh, uh, there's a lot of it. Like all this stuff ran through my head real quick. Um, as you asked me, cause I know I wrote something down. I totally forget what I wrote down. Uh, but really it's, it's what's that? I said, freestyle. Oh, freestyle. oh yeah. Yeah. I love it. it. But really like all this stuff just, a, and it was all these different things. Like really it just having a, a group of, of people around, like I want to do events and stuff like that and put it on. And, and really it's just, building people. And at the end, I think at the end of every one of our days, so so something that is amazing for me in the future would just be looking back and looking at all of the men and even women who stepped up, who came together, but stepped up together and really made a huge difference in this world just by serving others and just by being them. And, and I think for me, you know, I, I picture like a gathering or something like that, where there's just a ton of people and we're just like, like, dude, like you, you're, you, you're, you, you're, you like, we're just being who we are. So for me, that's, I mean, I just see it. I, I just, I, that's what I see. That's okay. I like it. Okay. Uh,
1: and finally on what, uh, on what platforms can my audience find you?
0: Uh, they can find me on, um, uh www.purposeinfusedcoaching.com. Uh, they can find me there. Um, then uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Clay Smelter. Instagram Clay underscore smelter. and then you can find me on Facebook too, Clay Smelter. But I also do a Purpose Infused Coaching um, group on Facebook as well. Um, so those are the kind of platforms you can you can find me on. You can always I, I post stuff all the time, um, and, it, and again, a lot of it deals with purpose. I work with. Um, a lot of men's groups right now, but it's kind of transitioning in this point in time to working with. Uh, we're, we're including some women and stuff too, because I think that that realm is really of purpose is is for anybody. I mean, a lot of the conversations we're having are for anybody um that we're having. So,
1: good. I, I want to thank you so much for coming on. I want to thank you for your openness and your honesty. And I think you're redefining the qualities of what it means to be a man, which is much needed right now.
0: So continue the fight and uh yeah forward well awesome man dude that i mean what you just said right there like thank you like that really like brought a brought a nice tug to my heart and a little tear to my eye just just because that's that's what it's all about man it is just being being knowing my purpose is helping other people is that's my purpose that's that's it hits it man so thanks for filling up my cup brother (laughs) absolutely no it's been a pleasure having you on thank you very much click All right. Thank you, Joel. Appreciate it.
1: So thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. My name is Joel Ingram, and I am a certified NLP coach. I help passionate, resourceful, and professional people feel stuck and unfulfilled with aspects of life to rewrite their narrative and chronicle a new, engaging, and captivating future. Please subscribe if you found benefits.